Welcome to this week's episode of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. I am the sidekick Dylan Waugh. I am the Art Garfunkel to Ken's Paul Simon. I was going to say the other guy. We're going to be talking this week about the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to be talking about Claude Giroux. We're going to be talking about Henrik Lundqvist. And speaking of Hank, who is the NHL's version of Tom Brady? Check us out on Twitter. Review, like, subscribe. All that good stuff is appreciated. Now let's get to the show. Ken, how are you? I'm great. Yeah? I still marvel at the fact that you composed and performed <laughs> the lead-in music. Yeah. Like, like, how do you play the guitar and the drums at the same time? How do you do yeah, that? Yeah, well, it, it involves having multiple arms. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. Good, good. Yeah. okay, yeah. Multiple sets of arms, I should say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, I, I overdub and I, you know, I... Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> no, I really thought you were playing guitar and drums at the same time. Well, haven't you seen those one-man bands? <laughs> yeah. You know, they kick their right leg and one drum, then the I other leg. I actually have a buddy who does that in New really? Brunswick. In New Brunswick, yeah. Get out of town. Yeah, he's amazing. I went to see him play. His name is Donnie Rogers. Right. And uh, he's a goalie, too. And uh, he's he was based out of Moncton. He was in a, he was in a band. He was in a band called Glamour Puss. They were actually a, a really good sort of blues band. Yeah. And I wa- I went to see them play once in Toronto. And at one point in one of the songs, he was playing the saxophone with one hand mm-hmm. and the piano with the other. And really? I'm like I'm like get out of here. Yeah. Like how does a person do that? Yeah. 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 So we, anyways, I, I went to see Rush when when they were in Toronto, and of course uh, Neil Pert. <clears throat> you know, um, who's passed away now, Yeah. Uh, in his drum solo and drum solos are just the most boring, stupid aspects <laughs> to any show ever. It's the NHL skills competition to, <laughs> to actual NHL hockey. Right. But, um, he played the xylophone while doing the drum solo. So there was actually melody to it. Wow. Right. And I'm a deadhead who hates drum solos. So, I mean, like, that should be saying just how much I right. hate them, right? Wow. But, yeah. He played the xylophone well uh, while playing a drum solo, which is just, like, incredible. He's, he's, he's a true percussionist. Huh. Yeah. So, anyways, listen. Speaking of uh, drum solos. And xylophones. You ever notice when you do an A to Z thing, like A is for this, B is for that? Yeah, X, yeah. X is always, always xylophone. xylophone. Yeah, always. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so speaking of um, the best all-time drummer, Tom Brady confirmed his retirement after 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> These are the most tortured segues possible. <laughs> 22 years, seven championship career. Who is the NHL's version of Tom Brady? And that's not to necessarily say the best NHL player of all time. Right. But rather somebody who came into the league completely unheralded. Yeah. And made an incredible career for himself. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of guys in hockey that fit that profile. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's it's something Scouting about- in hockey sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's I, I well, I think and I and I've been thinking about this. So like the reason why it happens in hockey a lot more than football mm-hmm. is in hockey, there's an 18-year-old draft. In football, for the most part, you've got guys who have played college. B- football for four years right? and there are 22. So you have a much better idea coming into the league, who's going to be a star and who isn't going to be a star. Right. Um, so they, they take, you know, there's four years of, of uncertainty that's taken right out of the equation in football. And I think that's why it happens a lot less in, in football and and basketball as opposed to hockey and baseball, where you see these guys come out of nowhere all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, that being said, 
There are quite a few guys. Um, you know, you, you know, you have to take a look at uh, a guy like Marty Saint Louis. Yep. Um, you know, a guy who wasn't drafted, went through waivers. Uh, you know, tried to catch on with several organizations, found a home in Tampa. You know, like Tom Brady, started to take a lot better care of his body and mm -hmm. that sort of thing, and then became an NHL. What superstar. little there was to take care of, exactly. <laughs> Won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Wanna, I, I saw him one time when I was down in the bowels of what is now called the Amelie Arena. It wasn't that then. Mm -hmm. And his legs were ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just could not believe how big his legs That's were. That's the legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so there's Marty St. Louis. There's, you know, there's any number of guys. I guess the guy I would go with is uh, Nick Lidstrom. Yeah. You know, uh, I think a fourth round pick mm -hmm. in probably the best draft that any team has ever had. Uh, when they, when the Detroit Red Wings got got uh, Mike Sillinger, Dallas Drake, um, Nick Lidstrom, uh, um, who else? They got they got a whole whack of guy like Hall of Fame guys. Fedorov. Yeah. Um. You know. So anyways, anyways. So he was a lot lower in that draft than he actually would have been. Mm -hmm. And then he comes here, and uh, you know, I mean, he's the best defenseman for you know, the better part of 15 20 years, years 20 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, he's one of the greatest defensemen to ever play the game. Probably. Yeah. I'm going to say he's the best European born player that's ever played. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anybody was expecting that Yeah. when Nick Lidstrom first came onto the scene, uh, you know, back in the, uh, back in the nineties. Yeah. So I want to mention two things. <clears throat> one, just because obviously, you know, member of Montreal media, sort of, so to speak here. Uh, when Weber got traded to Montreal and then was being compared to Nick Lindstrom, hilarious. Wow. Funniest thing that I saw in my life. People were doing that even then? People were comparing. When he got traded, it was like, well, he's older, but he could be a Nick Lindstrom-style defenseman. Yeah, but see, what you're saying is they, they were saying he was Nick Lindstrom. They weren't saying he was Nick Lindstrom. They were right. saying... Some guy named Nick Lindstrom <laughs> <laughs> played Bantam AAA in the nineties. <laughs> um, before we, before I, I mention who I think is mine, um, I, I've got a question for you. Do you yes. think that the reason why hockey scouting, uh, on top of the issue that you mentioned about a twenty-two-year-old uh, draft, do you think that part of the reason why hockey scouting is difficult is because uh, skills? are not necessarily as translatable into the NHL. Like, for example, the fact that we're seeing the Michigan-style goal all of a sudden in the NHL, but for a long time that was considered the white whales, considered not something that was doable right. at NHL speeds. So somebody could have the best hands and the best shot and the best skating and still not be able to be an NHLer. Uh, well, it's hard to not be an NHL player when you've got the best hands, the best shot, and the best skating. Some of these guys I, are dumb as a bag of bricks, yeah, though, and then they just they don't are. know how to but put usually, a pass, right? But usually it's skating. Usually it's yeah. skating that keeps you out. That's the yeah. that's the one that kind of, you know, that that's the one I think that separates the wheat from the chaff at the NHL level is, yeah. is you've got a lot of guys in the American League who could put up, you know, 100-point seasons in the American League yeah. till the cows come home. Right. Um, but they can't keep up at the NHL level and they end up being the guys who come up for a little while, look pretty good yeah. and then end up tailing off and end up back in the minors or yeah. in Europe or whatever. Yeah. So for me, I think it's, it's skating yeah. is the, is the biggest thing for sure. Yeah. So my pick for this is honestly, it, it, 
it seems like the most obvious one is is Pavel Datsuk. Yep. And uh, I just want to list off a few things from his career here. Two Stanley Cups, one Gagarin Cup, three Selkies, four Lady Bings with crossover, which is incredible because, you know, defenders tend to have to be kind of, well, dirt bags to make it work. So the fact that he can win yeah. a Selkie and a Lady Bing, I think is is uh, pretty impressive and and uh, would just piss off Cherry to no end. So we'll just move on from that. Nominated for the heart. Yep. Uh, Olympic gold medal, albeit with an asterisk because it was with the uh, with the Olympic athletes from Russia. So Correct. not during the whatever. And he has a Gordie Howe hat trick in his career with the fight being against Corey Perry. That's pretty ballsy. I think so. Yeah. Especially because it was a young Corey Perry then, right? Well, and that's so. even worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, he was a member of the best named line in hockey, in my opinion. Two kids and an old goat, which that was the line with Zetterberg and Hull. Mm-hmm. So, and then going into some advanced stats for his 2007-2008 season, third best Corsi for percentage in the NHL, <clears throat> second best goals for percentage in the NHL, third best expected goals for percentage in the NHL. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm not I'm not pandering to you. <laughs> okay, we're we're pandering to a younger audience, <laughs> okay. you know, the the hipster crowd, right, with the glasses and the, you know, me. Okay. <laughs> second lowest shots against per sixty when he was on the ice in the NHL, seventh lowest scoring chance against per 60 on the NHL in the NHL 20th best individual points per 60 in the NHL and the best takeaways per 60 by almost two full takeaways over Louis Erickson. while he was in the NHL and that's for the 2007, 2008 campaign. The bottom line is that no matter what stat you look at, he was one of the top 10 in the NHL. That's amazing. See, I, I didn't even buy any of your argument until you, came up with the um, shots against, uh, expected shots against something or other. And then it was like, yeah, you got me now. It was second lowest shots against per 60. Right. While he was on the ice. Right. So. Who's first? Oh, uh, forget it. I don't care. <laughs> you don't care that much? No, I don't. Okay, I just, I just thought point. maybe since you knew who was second, you'd know who was first. Why would like, I take is this detailed all time? notes? Is this all time? This is all this time? This is for 2007, 2008. Oh, uh, okay, okay. This okay. is specifically for his uh, yeah, yeah. Hart Vesna, uh, mm. Hart Vesna, Hart, <laughs> I'm such a okay. goalie guy. He's so good. He was, yeah. he was a Vesna <laughs> he was, candidate. He was so good defensively that yeah. they just said, ah, you know what? Chris Osgood, let's be honest with ourselves <laughs> here. <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is for his 2007, 2008 campaign. Okay. So- that uh, that Detroit draft that I was talking about, 1989. Yeah. So that I forgot about Bob Bugner and Vladimir Konstantinov <laughs> in that draft. <laughs> Those guys that's were like, okay, too. That's the best draft any team's ever had. Yeah, possibly. And, and the funny thing about that draft in 89 was yeah. uh, they were going to take Pavel Bure. But oh, they, there were the, at the time, and their, their, scout, their European scout, Krista Rockstrom, said... Like it was, it had to do something with the number of games he played in at the international level or right. the men's level. Yeah. And uh, they didn't, they thought he was one short. The NHL thought he was one short. Right. And Krista Roxner said, no, I, I know he's played enough games and I can prove it. And right. so they, they passed on, on picking him in whatever round. And then they were going to pick him in the next round. And Vancouver had picked, had, was picking a couple of picks before mm-hmm. and took him. 
Wow. And, and yeah, so that so Pavel Burry would have been part of that draft too. Yeah. yeah. Would have made the best draft better. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, so I think it was last week when we were talking about Vancouver's front office and you were basically talking about the market inefficiency of the fact that they're the, you know, uh, of hiring women, of hiring visible minorities and the fact that other people are not and Europeans mm -hmm. and other people are not necessarily dipping their toes into that pool as eagerly as Vancouver is. And so you're saying you're getting the best of the best. Right. Right. And I mean, if that doesn't describe Detroit's drafting through the 90s. Right. In terms of Europe in terms of uh, Russia specifically, then like, I don't know what well, does. Well, Christopher Rockstrom was a genius. Yeah. It is a genius. Yeah. I mean, he's such a good- He didn't he, take yeah. a big hit in the head lately? No, I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> Become much less of a genius. <laughs> oh, I don't even think he's with Detroit anymore. No, no, I don't think he is. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's, I can't remember where he is right now. He's not with Dallas. I, I'm not sure. Anyways, I should, I probably should know that. So- <laughs> Yeah. It's your podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so moving on, Henrik Lundqvist recently retired his number by the, the well, we didn't, but the New York Rangers did. Yep. And which is, uh, I think, a no-brainer. Yes. There is no doubt he is an all-time Rangers great, possibly being even better than uh, Mike Richter in terms of all-time uh, Rangers goaltenders. Yep. But is he one of the NHL's greatest all-time goalies? And uh, you have here... Does he go directly to the Hockey Hall of Fame without passing go? And I'm assuming passing go is a euphemism for not winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, or just like first first ballot, right? For, yeah, he's yeah. not first ballot because there is no ballot. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, is he is he is he in? Yeah, like without question. That's my that's the question. Is he? He's in. Yeah, yeah, he's in. And it's without question. Uh, no. No, it's not without question. Yeah. I don't think it's a slam dunk. Yeah. He'll get in. He'll, he'll, it, when did he, he stopped playing? He didn't play last season, right? He didn't play at all last season. Correct. Okay. So that was the 2021 season. But he was signed. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if you okay. don't play, if you don't play, that counts as a year towards your Hall of Fame eligibility. So 2021, 21, 22, 22, 23, he'll be in the class of 2023. The Hall right. of Fame class of 2023. Uh, I don't think that there's any question. I think he will for sure. Yeah. Um, is it a slam dunk? No, not in my opinion. It's not. No? No. Is it the cup that uh, prevents it from being a slam dunk? Yeah, win something. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> just win something. Just win something. Just, just win something. Yeah. And okay. Yes, he won the Olympic gold medal. Yes, he won a world championship. But like, it's not like this guy put together 10 seasons of Vezina trophies. Yeah. He's only, he won one. Right. I mean, he was a finalist lots of times, but he won one. Yeah. I think, I think part of the prism that you look through this is that, mm -hmm. is you look at it through the New York Rangers prism where it's like, how great was he as a Ranger? And he was an all, he's an all time great Ranger, mm -hmm. but the Rangers have been epically bad historically. Yeah. Right. Like they're like uh, among the original six. Yeah. It's they are the, they are the by far the least successful franchise. Like by yeah a country mile are the least yeah. successful franchise of the original six. Like it's 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 almost mind boggling to 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 <laughs> see how how bad they've been for such long periods of time. Yeah. You know. So I think that's that's part of it too. But yeah, I I do think he's going to get in first ballot. But I don't think it's a uh, 
If I were voting, it wouldn't be a slam dunk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, Krista Rockstrom is scouting from Montreal. You should have <laughs> known that. I mostly just complain about their on ice performance. <laughs> for me, um, Henrik Lundqvist ruined goaltending in the same way that the Beatles ruined music. And in the same way that Tiger wow. Woods ruined golf. Okay. After the Beatles started releasing their hits, it almost taught the rest of the music world, this is how you make money on music. And so all of a sudden, every producer was trying to put somebody into that box of, we want that two and a half minutes, she loves you, yeah, 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 right? And similar with Tiger Woods, after Tiger Woods started winning everything, everybody was like, that's how you swing a golf club. There is no other way to swing a golf club. And I think that it's only now that we're kind of undoing the damage of once Henrik Lundqvist started playing goal, people are like, that's what a goalie should do. There's no other way to play goal. That drop and block kind of style was, was incredibly prevalent and basically defined a generation. And because of that, I I think, I I think he's got to go in. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Cause you spent like 45 seconds bashing him. No, no. I mean, it's, it's, this is the thing is that he, just like the Beatles and just like Tiger Woods, they did the, they came by it honestly. Yeah. But they kind of ruined their, their respective professions because at least for many, many years, right? Because it just, it, it, they created, everything became formulaic and copying them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So guys like golfers that will never have the flexibility and power of Tiger Woods are being told to swing like Tiger Woods, but you got a different body. Swing for your body, right? And similar to with goaltenders, oh, now we can't draft a goalie under six foot two because we want him to play like this. Right. Well, I've got an idea. Why don't you let him play like how his body dictates he he should play? Yeah, yeah. And then maybe he'll be good. And we're only now seeing that with UC Saros. He looks nothing like Hank, right? And he's playing and getting success. And of course, we should have seen it because, of course, um, uh, Jonathan Quick. It's another example of a shorter goalie that plays in a completely different style, but we're only now really breaking the mold. So I do think that he's a hall of famer if only because he defined a style of goaltending. Well, yeah, but I, I don't think that's enough. I think you have to look at his accomplishments and do, are they good enough to get him in? I mean, six times he was a Vezina finalist. So, so, so six, so for six of the years of his career, he yeah. was a top three goalie in the NHL. Right. Um, And once he was, Deemed, the top deemed to be the best, yeah. yeah. You know, one Olympic gold medal in 2006, uh, world championship a couple of years ago. Um, you know, but but that that you know, that that lack of Stanley Cup, yeah, um, I think hurts him a bit, but but yeah, he's he's definitely uh, he's definitely in. And and to your point about the 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 drop and you know, the 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 you know, the drop drop, what did you how did you call what did you call that? What did Which? you call, his style, drop and block. Drop and block, yeah. Drop yeah. and block, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it drives me nuts. I see goalies do it now, like <laughs> like these six foot six goalies. Yeah, yeah. Making themselves small. Yeah. Like I, I'm not a goalie expert yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, like not even close. Mm-hmm. But that one I just don't understand. Like yeah. if you're big, why would you not continue to make yourself big? <laughs> why do you make yourself smaller? And yeah. get shots over your shoulder because you were on your knees. 
Yeah. I mean, that relates to the positioning of those guys as well. And it's, you know, anyways, there's a, there's a million different reasons. But you see these guys score from like this far off the red line and they put it in the top corner and everybody's like, wow, whoa, what skill and everything. That's just bad freaking goaltending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong, but I guess my point is that if you do a drop and block, but you're in a good position, then you're over your shoulder should not actually be a trajectory that the puck can take towards the net. Okay. Well, right. So, or your glove mm -hmm. is in a bad position or whatever, but anyways, you know, a lot of, there's a goalie coach here in Toronto named Mike, who was the, the first private goalie coach in basically Canada. And I've had the pleasure of working with him, the mixed pleasure of working with him. He's a bit of a character <laughs> for those that know Mike. But uh, Mike, all, he played pro in like Italy or something crazy like that, right? Anyways, but he always says goalies need to start holding their gloves like a baseball player. Okay. And, uh, and, and goalies right now are just holding their gloves where the puck is most likely to hit it as opposed to where they're most able to reach out and grab the puck from different angles. Eh, and that's a result of the drop and block style. Okay. Right. And that's to your point of what they're saying. Guy just drops down, puck goes over his shoulder. Where the heck was the glove? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we're, we're in agreement that Henrik Lundqvist is a hall of famer. Yes. Is, is he a slam dunk in your opinion? Like, is he a easy, like easy peasy? No question. Like you're, you're out of your mind. If you don't think that he should be in a first, first shot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just have to say because of how he completely redefined goaltending. Okay. Right? And Yeah, but did he redefine goaltending or did Francois Laird redefine goaltending? <laughs> well, that's a that's a whole other story, the Francois Laird thing, which uh, I could get into some behind the scenes stuff about that for, <laughs> okay. until the cows come home. But um yeah, I mean you're you're right to question that. I guess so I mean he did because he also worked with Bauer on designing the pads and he worked with them on, on the technology, even that exists on making them bigger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I was hoping is that my leg pad could extend up and over my head, <laughs> but he worked on, on designing the technology and the feel and all the rest of it. So, I mean, you know, I'd say that he, he had a lot personally to do with what uh, a modern NHL goalie is, Okay, you know? Yeah. Well, if you're like me, your team missed the big game this year. But MyBookie's double deposit bonus makes sure that you won't. Sign up at MyBookie now using my promo code, HockeyUnfiltered, all one word, to have your first deposit matched instantly so you can get in on all the action of Super Bowl 56. The only way watching the biggest game of the year could get any better is to get paid doing it. And MyBookie gives you everything you need to do it. With double your money, you can double your winnings. And the best starting point for the big game is with Super Bowl prop bets. Whether it's on or off the field, there's no shortage of wagers to choose from for the Super Bowl. So get in on the action, let the confetti fall, and walk away a winner. Don't miss out. Head to my bookie and double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code HockeyUnfiltered. All one word. Place your bets and get ready for the unmatched excitement of the Super Bowl. Bet anything Anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Shall we move off of Hank? Uh, yes. Absolutely, and on to yeah. Claude? Absolutely. <laughs> Claude Giroux is going to sit down with his agent, Pat Brisson, at the All-Star festivities this weekend to decide whether he'll waive his no-movement clause, which would allow him to be dealt at the trade deadline. 
If that does happen, which team do you think would be the best fit and what would it take? Okay, well, um, yeah, it's really interesting because this is this is a, a, a really, um, I think it's nuanced and a little bit more complex than it, than most, most of this kind of situation. You know, Claude Giroux has been a career long Philadelphia flyer. He's their captain. He's the heartbeat of the franchise. He's been their best player this year. Yeah. Like by 72,000 miles. Yeah. Um, and give or take a couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Might be more. Uh, and he, and he's like, he's in, he's entrenched, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's part of their he's fabric. He's part of the, fa- but he's part of the organization's yeah. fabric. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's not on the Bobby Clark, Bill, pa- Bill Barber, Bernie Perrant level, yeah. Yeah. but he's in that second tier of all time flyers with, you know, Eric Lindros and Eric Desjardins, guys like that. Yeah. You know, he's he's in that second tier of all time great flyers. Right. So what does he do then? Does he does he say, okay, I I I want to I want to be a flyer. I want to be part of the part of the part of the solution here. I want to fix this and you know win try and win here. Or does he basically say, you know, it's it's kind of hopeless here. Yeah. And do I move on? So that's what he's going to discuss with Pat Brisson this weekend. Yeah. And they're going to come up with a, a strategy as to how they're going to move, move forward with this. Um, this will be his call entirely, like entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, if, he has a no move. Yeah. Correct? He has a no yeah. move. Yeah. But I mean, the flyers, I, I know this for a fact, the flyers will not pressure him to waive that no move. It's going to have to be his, you know, hit, hit the the impetus is going to have to come from him, you know. So, um, you know, it like either way, I know the Flyers are okay with it. If if Claude Giroux says I'm staying, and uh, don't trade me, even mm-hmm. though they could get assets back for him, they'll be fine with it. And if he says, yeah, I think I want to move on, then they're going to do it. So, mm-hmm. so he's the one driving the bus here. So it'll be entirely up to him. So, that being said, um, I look at a team. Which, I you know, I think a good fit is the GM in, in Philadelphia, Chuck Fletcher, his old team, the Minnesota Wild. Right. Um, they've been dying for a center, you know. I mean, with all due respect to, you know, Mike Hartman and Joel Eriksson-Eck and Nico Sturm and mm-hmm. guys like that, they don't have anything even approximating a number one center. No. Like, not even close. No. And I think that Drew could be that guy. I think Not Claude Drew could be the guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think Drew could be that guy. They've been they've been dying for for like someone a centerman who can who can drive play and play both ends of the ice and 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 create offense. I mean, they have guys who can do some of those things, but they don't have guys who can do all of those things and Claude Drew can do all of those things. Yeah. So to me, I I think that's the that's the place where there's the best fit. Mm-hmm. Um and to me, you know, I mean, I, th- I think it would take probably, you know, a, a Matthew Boldy type of situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking maybe Matthew Boldy and say a second. Right. Um, with Philadelphia taking on as much of the, the cap responsibility as they can. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if, if you really want to push it and you, you want to get this guy in and, and you want to, you want to clear out salary, say you move. Victor Rask the other way, who's right. making, who's on a $4 million deal in the last year of his deal. You move him to Philadelphia and then maybe it goes to Boldy in a first rounder. Yeah. 
Um, that's a high price. Like that's a high, high, high price, but you are getting Claude Giroux. And, and I think we also have to realize here is that this is purely a rental. Yeah. Like purely a rental. Yeah. Like he's not going to make any decision on where he's going until after the season. Like even, even if, even if he stays in Philadelphia for the rest of this year, yeah, it's not like like don't take that as oh yeah he's gonna resign and and he's gonna be here for another X number of years. Yeah, um, he is he would tr- like purely and truly be a three month rental. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you on the rental part, uh, and of course you know it's it's this term is thrown around all the time, but it it's never more cogent than it is with uh, or, or more applicable than it is with Claude Giroux, which is he has earned the right to choose his future. He absolutely has. Right. Um, I think that where there's a little bit of disparity is that I don't necessarily think that Claude Giroux is your number one center. I think that he could be on the first line as a wing, but not necessarily as a center. Mm -hmm. And as a center, he's better suited for the second or third line. But we did kind of have a similar thought process, which is looking at the team that is not at the top of their division, but has a tough Tough sledding in the playoffs, right. so to speak, right? Right. And so I took I take a look at the Toronto Maple Leafs mm-hmm. as that team. They're in a division with Tampa and Florida, and they're going to have to go through one of those two guys. It seems they're well, both of them, probably or potentially, probably both of them, both of them. Like, exactly, like, almost certainly both of them, right? And when you look at the playoffs last year, and I know that a lot of people are on the bandwagon of Toronto needs defense, but when you look at the playoffs last year, it wasn't their defense that really sunk them, right? They weren't getting lit up for eight goals a night. And now all due respect to the fact that Jack Campbell let in that one bad goal from Brendan Gallagher, Mm -hmm. the fact that they were even in that situation was because they weren't able to find the scoring, and especially with John Tafaris being out of the lineup. Claude Giroux fits in as your third line center undisputed and he like i said last week about who is your nick benino on your team right when when uh, pittsburgh won the cup with nick benino having a 30 goal season that year as a th- and then he was the third line center he is your nick benino okay he is an incredible offensive talent he's pretty good defensively he's either your third line center or if your first line isn't going then you can put him on your first line wing your second line wing or if a center gets injured he can easily slot into that center spot whether it's tavares or matthews it, I just think that defense didn't sink them in the playoffs last year. Campbell is not having the best, uh, you know, go of it lately, but he's having a good year. There's no reason to expect that he's going to collapse in the playoffs. Why is there no reason to expect that? Why? Like no reason. Okay. I mean, he's been, he hasn't been, he hasn't been great lately. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, he's got a hundred games. Right. I mean, I, I don't, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, yeah, the same old, same old. Jack Campbell's going to collapse in the playoffs and the Leafs will be out of the first round. Yeah. But to sit here and say there's no reason no reason to expect that, I think there still is. Let, let, let me re, re, recant that. <laughs> <laughs> there is no more reason to expect that Jack Campbell collapses yeah. than any other goalie not named Andre Vasilevsky. Right, okay. okay. He's about yeah. the as sure a thing as I could possibly guess yeah. Yeah. for the playoffs. And as a matter of fact, you you were listening in. I was just recording a podcast with Paul Campbell, and we were talking about Vasilevsky, and he was talking about how he always ramps it up towards the end of the year and, and into the playoffs. Other than Vasilevsky, there's very few goalies. I mean, uh, Colorado's going in with Darcy Kemper. Do you take Darcy Kemper or do you take Jack Campbell? I would 
I, I don't, I don't know because I don't think it, I don't think it matters as much in Colorado. They right, don't but need, a, they don't need superhuman goaltending. No, you're in right. In the playoffs. They just need a goalie to be good. Yeah. That's all, that's all Colorado needs. Yeah. All Colorado needs in the playoffs is for, is for Darcy Kemper to be good. Right. They don't need him to be great. Yeah. They don't need him to be otherworldly. They don't need him to steal a bunch of games. Yeah. They just need him to not lose games. Yeah. That's it. So, well, but this is, but that's to my point, which is that it's essentially, it's a coin flip yeah, yeah. for Jack Campbell, Darcy Kemper. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that Campbell, there's no reason to expect other than just the fact that goaltending is difficult to predict notoriously. Right. So how do you make that money work? Obviously we both are coming from a place of Philadelphia has to eat half the salary. There's right. no two ways yeah. about that. Yeah. Giroud doesn't move until Philadelphia does that. But Toronto has Peter Morazic and Philadelphia has Carter Hart, a young potential superstar goaltender that needs a solid backup slash mentor. Peter Morazic would be about as good a backup slash mentor as I could think of. It does put Toronto into a very thin situation goaltending wise, but if it gets you Claude Drew and you don't, you're not really worried about missing the playoffs at this point, if you're Toronto, then you muddle through with what you've got and then you go with Jack Campbell and you've got that Claude Giroux as your third line center or one of the top top six but wingers. You've still got to go out and get a reliable veteran goaltender. You have to. You have to. Yeah, I mean, like, but that could be Craig Anderson. That could even be, that could be anybody. Like, I wouldn't be that concerned if you've no. got a number one you got horse. No, I got zero depth in goaltending and I'd be concerned. I would be concerned right now about Toronto's goaltending. But what I'm saying is that is that even if your backup goalie is a guaranteed loss night, you've got a bit of a cushion in terms of your playoff picture. Okay. Right? A team so, that hasn't won a ra- round in, since 2003? <laughs> Seriously, though, a team that hasn't won a playoff round since 2003 yeah. is going to, like, say that? Listen, I'm just being nice to Toronto because I live in Toronto, and I don't want... <laughs> and, and, I, and I do a Habs podcast, and I write okay. for a Habs organization. I'm tired of getting beat up every time that I leave my house, okay? Well, no, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to see me and say, yeah, that was the guy that was high on Toronto. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. But the, I mean, yeah, the, the the Toronto thing makes sense. Yeah. With Claude Giroux, for sure. Yeah. If they can make it work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Money. Claude Giroux is making over $8 million this year. Well, his cap hits, yeah, $8 million. Pardon his, me. Yes, his, yes, his cap hits. salary's yeah. only five, but his cap hits $8 million. Yeah. But you get down to March 23rd. You've got how much of the season left after that? You've got basically- got About 28 games or something like that. No, right? no. You've got season ends April 29th. If it ends on time, so that gives you 29 days plus uh, another eight, so 37 days. Yeah. So that that mitigates it a bit because you're only you're only taking on that that portion of it, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So moving on, or you just put a bunch of guys on LTI until the playoffs start. <laughs> oh, John Tavares, eight oh, million over cap. Knee. I hurt my knee. <laughs> eight million over cap. <laughs> That's number one bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know, it's like a friend of mine's big Leafs homer. He said, he said, if Toronto loses, this was going into the playoffs last year. He goes, if Toronto loses, this is a BS, BS tournament. It's COVID. It, it asterisks oh, behind yeah. the team. And if Toronto wins, then it's, the, this was the hardest Stanley cup to ever win. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's, this was the most important one that they could ever do. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, 
Colorado Avalanche going on to another team that that really isn't in a very win now window. They are currently on pace for 127 points, which would tie them for fifth best point total in NHL history. Do you just hand them the Stanley Cup today? No, 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 no. no. I feel like you set me up on that one because you wrote the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, for for any it's number, it's a setup. I was framed. <laughs> for I I sent those last night. You had a lot of time to think about this, Mister <laughs> Mister Man. Yeah. Um. I I would say no, uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, if you look at the top ten teams in terms of points in a single season. Yeah. Only three of them went on to win the Stanley cup. If right. you can believe that. Um, and they were all, well, it's a curse of the they, president's they, trophy. They right? were all, yeah. I don't know if that's a curse. I, I am. I'm going to get into that. Yes. They, they, uh, and they were all three of them were Montreal late seventies dynasty teams. Okay. The 1930 Boston Bruins have the best winning percentage of all time. <laughs> and they didn't win the Stanley cup. Right. You look at, the Edmonton Oilers, they're mm-hmm. four Stanley Cup winning teams. Mm-hmm. Like they they had 119 points one year, but they never piled up the points in the regular season. The Islanders, the four years they won, yeah, they were not, they did not bust their their butts in the regular season to to get over the finish line in first place. Yeah. You know, and they would go on to win. So, and it's interesting. In 2019. I was in Tampa towards the end of the season and I was in John Cooper's office and we were chatting and this was the year they put together the epic Epic regular season season and then collapsed in the playoffs. And, and we were talking about, you know, who do you pick? Who do you pick for the Stanley cup? And he said, well, you know, and, and he said, well, you know, like if you're, if you're, if you were a betting guy and you said, and somebody said, you can take either Tampa Bay or the field, Mm -hmm. you're going to take the field. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like teams that finish first overall, I don't think it's a curse. They win about 25% of the time. The president's trophy team wins a Stanley cup about 25% of the time. Mm-hmm. That's still the best odds of any team that finishes anywhere else in the league. Um, so you, you still got the best odds of winning, but your path is, you know, your path can be tough. And yeah. it and it is going to be tough in the Central Division with the with the Colorado Avalanche. Well, the the first team they'll play will be the first wild card team, but um, you know it it won't be easy. And I mean, let's not forget that the Carolina Hurricanes are on pace for 125 points themselves, yeah. Yeah. which is not too bad either. Yeah. Um. So no, I would not go giving the Stanley Cup to the Colorado Avalanche just yet. Yeah. Um. Because. Um, yeah, because there, there's just too many mitigating factors. Yeah. There's a joke. It's, uh, it's apocryphal. It did, it never really took place, but, uh, where Michael Jordan says to Steph Curry, Hey, uh, um, 73 and nine is pretty good, but, uh, or, well, no, hang on. 70, 74 and nine is pretty good, but, uh, 73 and 10 has a better ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I'm probably getting those, those lines mixed up, but the the point is, is that yes, to your point, Tampa put up an incredible, incredible regular season. And I mean, you know, as a goaltending guy, one of the best goalie performances was relaxing to the Washington capitals. No, thanks. (laughs) I think 2010 is that, uh, yes. 2010, 2011. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and they and that team was, I think, 120 points. Yeah. That Washington team was like 120 points. And those halves yeah. sucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. to be nice, they sucked, right? So, uh, yeah, it's especially in hockey comparative to other sports, and this is its own argument, but the game really does change in the playoffs. In the play- yeah, totally. Yeah. And so a good regular season team does not equal a good playoff team. And you don't need to look any further back than the last three years of the um, New York Islanders uh-huh. being middling regular season teams and then walking to the playoffs and saying, I'm going to hurt you. Going I'm going to the hurt you. Final two I'm going to hurt you. Last two years, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, and and of course, really coming within a hair's breadth away from beating uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm in the conference final last year. It was overtime, I think it was. Overtime game seven. Was it? I can't remember. I, I think it was overtime game seven. Anyways, I remember thinking, wow, that was way better than Montreal did. <laughs> 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 Not to say that there was a very high bar uh, high bar there. But yes, I, I agree with you. You got to play the playoffs. Um, Nathan McKinnon is... Very fun to watch in the playoffs, and it should only be more fun the more pissed off he gets walking into the playoffs. Right. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, finally, before we get out of here, we, in our first ever episode, talked about, so long ago as it was, <laughs> talked about uh, our favorite thing, our favorite player to watch, the must-watch player of the year 2021. We are now in 2022. We are now halfway through. No, it was who are we looking forward to seeing in 2022 or something like that, wasn't it? No, no, it was it was the must watch. Remember, it was the Ted Lasso oh, or Squid Game, whatever it was of uh, of 2021. What was what do you right, have to watch? Right, 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 right. But right. Um, yes, yes, you know, and and what were we looking forward to watching? That was implied moving forward. But anyways, I, I want to change my answer. So I, I I threw a little hissy fit with you and I said, I said, I got to change my answer here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're now halfway through the 2021-22 season. Who would you consider is the appointment? Oh, I, thought you were, I thought you were going to go first because you changed your thing. Is it, is it still Kale McCarr for you? It is. Yeah. It is still uh, Kale abso- McCarr. Absolutely. Without question. Without yeah. question. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I, I love watching him play. Yeah. I just, because I, because I, when I watch Kale McCarr play, like I think of, okay, well, there's a chance he might do something really spectacular tonight. Yeah. But even if he or doesn't. just spectacular. But even if he doesn't, yeah. just watching him play is like, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful to watch him play hockey. Right. Like the way he moves the puck, the way he skates, the way he walks the line, the decisions he makes, everything. Yeah. I just, I, I just, and I stand by my assertion from whatever podcast it was that last he, week's. he is one of the best pure goal scorers in the NHL. Not one of the best pure goal scoring defensemen in the NHL. He's one of the best pure goal scorers in the yeah, NHL. Full like, stop. like a guy, like from the blue line, he's, he's better than, like Mike Green was in his prime, like he's better than Chris Pronger at getting all those pucks through and finding the exact, you know, the perfect spot. Yeah. Um. I just, I don't know. I just love watching him play. Yeah. One Before, nothing in game seven, not overtime, but one nothing in game seven. That's what I was checking. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So it you're was right. within yeah, a goal. Yeah. 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 I knew it was, uh, I knew it was bloody close. It was. Yeah. 
Um, before I give my answer to that, I just want to throw the little plug in here. Subscribe, kencampbell.substack.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Reviews are appreciated. And of course, YouTube, subscribe to us on YouTube. And uh, yeah, now I will give my answer, which is I gave the answer of Connor McDavid. I just felt like an obvious answer. But more and more, Trevor Zegris is just, is he's just something to watch. There is two nights ago, I think, I was flipping between the Edmonton game and the Ducks game. And Zegris scored, oh, no, 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 is on is on two separate nights. But Zegris scored the... Uh, the Michigan right against Montreal right and did it in full speed right full full motion just didn't stop picked up the puck and went and it was incredible to watch and of course he had like you know four minutes of zone time with the puck on his stick by himself right guys guys do that to Montreal yeah you ever no, notice that you ever notice that guys yeah, like guys like go around cappers off one time there when, yeah. when they got just smoked by minnesota yeah there was one shift where cappers off took the puck yeah skated all the way around the zone ragged it looked around skated all the way back down the other way yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was just like yeah when is the harlem globetrotters music coming on sweet georgia brown is what it's called for those of you on spotify at home or not spotify don't do don't do the Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> they hate Neil Young for some yeah. reason. Yeah. We won't get into that whole thing, but uh, no, I mean, e- even in, in, in other teams. So that, you know, got me watching him more and more and more. And he's just so good to watch. And then I watched this, this McDavid goal where he just, he was bursting up the left wing and then he just scored. And it was almost boring. It was just like, okay, great. So he's faster and stronger and better than everyone. Yeah, yeah. But Zegras is not necessarily, doesn't necessarily have the physical um, gifts that McDavid has. And he just is smart. And he, you know, really reminds me of like a prime Patrick Kane, maybe even better. Wow. You know? Really? Maybe I don't want to say better, but but more, maybe more, burgeoning on that. Uh, wow. He... Wow, that's that's really interesting. That's really interesting. The way that Patrick Kane could get lost with the puck in the middle of everybody. Yeah. He just you'd see like four defenders converge. Yeah, It'd yeah. be like this yeah. this 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 cartoon ball of of arms and sticks and <laughs> and dust, right? And snow. And then all of a sudden Patrick Kane would come out and score a goal. And it almost looked like luck until you realized that he did that 30 other times. Trevor Zegras, to me. He's really interesting because he's almost like, um, remember when the NBA had Showtime, you know, that was their big, that was their big sort of, um, uh, branding was Showtime and they were, they were doing what the NHL has refused to do for a hundred years. And that is to promote their superstars. Be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that was to promote their superstars. So they had Showtime, you know, Magic and Larry Bird and, you know, all these individual performers and they really pumped that up. Mm -hmm. I I feel like Zegris is kind of that. He's kind of like Showtime. Yeah. What will be interesting to see is how that translates into you know, is it is he gonna is he gonna do it consistently and is he gonna be a top offensive player in the NHL? Right. And what's he going to do in the playoffs? Right. Right. Cause I mean, you're not doing the Michigan in the playoffs. You're not doing it. Wipe them out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You just, you, you don't have the room and, yeah. and all that. So it'll be interesting to see if he can be both that matinee idol who can make right. these great, ridiculous eye popping plays that show up on the, 
on on Sports Center for a week and a half straight. Yeah. If if that how that translates over into consistency mm-hmm. and being an impact player yeah. on a winning team. It'll be yeah. it'll be really interesting. So to that point, um, I follow several skills coaches and stuff like that on Instagram and, you know, and a trend that's taking place right now that just pisses me off beyond any, beyond any normalcy that it should be pissing me off is when somebody does an incredible move like the Michigan in the NHL, and then they will show you like a, they'll do the move except on an empty rink with a few pylons scattered around. Now you can argue that uh, David Savard is, not much more than a pylon himself <laughs> at the Michigan house. Ouch. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. But my point is to say is that that bothers me to no, to no end because, of course, doing something in an NHL setting, and it's so great to this skills coach. Right. Great. You've got right. NHL caliber hands. Yeah, yeah. You never made the show. You didn't even come close. Right. Don't act like this is the same thing, right? And so to your point, doing that in the regular season and then doing that in the playoffs – and then going, of course, back to what we were just talking about with Colorado, two very, very different yeah. situations. Yeah, yeah. Interesting because, like, after I, I think the the Michigan, the Michigan, yeah, the, the pass, the Michigan yeah. pass. I I thought that was more creative and innovative and interesting than the goal. Oh, because yeah, like a lot time. of guys are scoring the goal now. Not yeah, a yeah. lot of guys, but guys are scoring the goal right now. Yeah. Nobody's doing what he what he and Sonny Milano did. Yeah, that was know? incredible. And and what I liked was was you saw after for like a week and a half, they'd have like clips on tip on Twitter and stuff of teams like trying it in the warm-up and in practice. Yeah. And like it taking like five times for, for it to work with, yeah. with no goalie in the net, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 And and now you've got the fake Michigan. Was it Sveshnikov the other day that looked like he was going to do a Michigan and then he just passed it out? Oh, really? I, okay. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't Sveshnikov. Anyways, whatever. You've now got the fake Michigan where where somebody looks like he's going to do the Michigan. Everybody gets, you know, wants to not allow that to happen. And then it opens up some defensive coverage and you just pass it out for a one-timer. Like it's it's completely changed the game. It really reminds me of uh, when you remember when Tomas Hurdle scored between his legs. Yeah. Yeah. And you remember the old school. The, the oh yeah yeah oh yeah. you can't do that that was his four goal game too yeah that was his four exactly. goal game yeah. when he first yeah, came yeah. in the end I remember yeah. watching that as a goaltender and I'm thinking like boy if I've got to start worrying about pucks coming at me from that angle as well this is a game changer yeah because it was a real goal yeah, my, my and now equi- guys do my it all the time it's even gonna have to get bigger <laughs> or better yet just me I'll just get bigger <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right Ken before you get out of here is there anything else you want to cover ah. <sighs> Am I angry about anything? No, uh, no. Oh, well, we've got, you know what? Props to the NHL. I hate the all-star game. That's well-documented. You? Uh, yeah. I hate everything about it. Okay. I, but you still love preseason, right? Oh yeah. Even more. Um, I, I, but I like that there, did, did you see the, uh, sh- the shooting accuracy, uh, dr- um, competition they're going to do is that the blackjack one? yeah yeah i, yeah, that's I like great. that i yeah. like that i really i really like that i think that's going to be fun to watch and yeah. i i actually might even watch that part of it yeah because that that to me is that 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 you know i mean you're in vegas and you're trying to do all of these <laughs> sorts of you know i i think that's i think that's going to be fun to watch yeah the game uh, will su- the games will suck um yeah. that'll be horrible and i won't even yeah watch them for one second but that I find compelling. 
They're celebrity goalies I find compelling. Manon Rayom and... That actor guy that apparently had a cup of coffee in the minors. Oh, yeah, Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. Yeah, that's, that's right. Goldie Hans and, and uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell's son, Kurt Russell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think that that's... Uh, I think that's going to be interesting. I think there's, Why? There's, What's so interesting about that? Um, I don't know. It'll be just fun. There's, you know, there's no Chris Pronger there to smash Justin Bieber's face into the glass. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, one national treasure, and uh, you know, and Justin and, Bieber, and, and Justin Bieber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where I was trying to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I I think it'll be interesting because. I mean, it's just, it's the age old question, right? What is the disparity between the pros and the, the Joes, the Joes, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you know, you need not spend much time on YouTube before they'll start showing you, you know, guy plays against pro players and all the rest of it. Right. And so this is, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. I, think I don't think, I don't think it's going to be, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, look, it's not going to be interesting enough to get me to watch it live. Right. But I might actually YouTube the highlights afterwards. There you go. Yeah. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah. There you go. All right. So. Just cut this part. Out <laughs> it's, just, it's like my brain was just buffering. Uh, <laughs> 20%. Yeah. 21%. 18%. I, oh, uh, <laughs> 22%. <laughs> Maybe I won't cut that out. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for watching. Check if you want this episode and you want all of this podcast directly in your inbox, sign up for kencampbell.substack.com. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Comments are appreciated. And of course, good reviews are also appreciated. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week.